Well, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, everyone. That's usually how I start. Thank you for joining me. Uh, I see a lot of familiar names, so that's always great. Hi, Mayor and Erez and Gur and Miri and uh, lots of you and a lot of uh, Hebrew speakers here. So I'm speaking in English because this is open to the public. Uh, or at least should be, and it's going uh, broadcasting in multiple channels. Um, so right now we have live on Facebook, live on YouTube at the same time, and recording to the podcast channel directly. Everything hopefully uh, will uh, will go smoothly. My name is uh, Danny Bedor, obviously, and uh, I'm going to talk about real estate investing and real estate investing aspect. We hold this session. Every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time, California time. And the whole purpose of this one is to provide you with an opportunity to talk about different aspects of real estate investing and ask questions and interact and engage, etc. So that's what the purpose. Your questions are most welcome, of course. Um, I'm going to make just one quick announcement about our upcoming uh, series of webinars. I'm putting in everything uh, in the chat. So if you're listening on the live or if you are um, on the recording, we are having uh, our summer webinar series. It's not on this platform. It's on the webinar platform. You got to register. We have four uh, webinars coming up. One about next week, Thursday. Um, it's about how to properly analyze rental properties um, and what uh, you, tools we use. So that's number one. Uh, we have another one on how to, uh, uh, to invest in rental properties, how to move faster, how to move even faster. We're blending between um, rentals and flips, etc., out of state. Um, we're going to have another, hi, uh, Hanit, good to see you. We're going to have another one about, in Hebrew, about the fundamental of real estate investing in Hebrew. So if you're a Hebrew speaker, you can join that. And, uh, and the fourth one right now is something more motivational about what I call the critical ingredients to succeed in investing. So it's st instead of talking about the specific of mechanics of investing, like rentals and flips and analyzing, we'll talk about the settings uh, that you should have. Hey, Nir, good to see you, Nir. I was uh, waiting for you. Um, so those are the uh, webinars. You can register on simplydoit.net. Um, I also placed the code for the fee-based webinars, which is some web five as in summer web five so some sum web five to get a five dollar discount out of the four uh webinars i mentioned two are for 10 bucks and 15 bucks and two are free so you're most welcome to uh, register in order to get um, you know to participate and actually learn learn this is about teaching online class this is not about uh, you know a sales pitch good now, let's uh, talk about with uh, today's topic, which is evictions. So let's talk about evictions for today. Uh, something I haven't spoken to uh, quite some time. Um, okay, so how do we deal with evictions? In my mind, the first way to deal with eviction is actually try to avoid them in the first place. You know, very trivial, but not a lot of people under, you know, uh, know, um, know how to actually do it in the first place, right? So avoiding or reducing the chances of having eviction is probably the best way to deal with evictions, you know, easily said, uh, more difficult or more challenging, you know, to do. How do you avoid? Okay, so let me start by saying a couple of things. First of all, in my career of multiple properties, many properties, many years, multiple markets around the country, 
I have had uh, maybe four or five and a half evictions, something like that, right, over the years. So relatively to the um, to the uh, to my activity, it's a very small number, and I'm glad it is actually. Um, one of the things that happened to me is that the more eviction I had, the more the tenants I dealt with, directly or indirectly, taught me how to deal with evictions. Um, so there's a couple of ways how to deal with when, when evictions when we get to that point. I can tell you that um, my first eviction was probably back in 2005 uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. You see, I still remember the, the, the house and the location. And my property manager called me and said, hey, what do you want to do with this uh, situation? We have a tenant that's for four consecutive months. She's being late and late and late. Uh, she always paid, but what do you want to do? And I said, what do you want to do, Mr. Property Manager? So well, I think we should evict her. And this was the first time I heard the word eviction in the sense of, you know, like a, um, a direct sense, and it hit me. Like, okay, I'm going to go through an eviction. I have to deal with an eviction. I didn't like the concept. I didn't like the idea. I didn't want to deal with it. I said, listen, I don't, I, you do whatever you want um, with this situation. What you think is best, I'm trusting you, uh, Mr. Property Manager. And I don't want to be involved. I don't want to deal with it. Actually, it kind of freaked me out to a certain extent because eviction, it sounds like so harsh, right? Um, and that was one of the first time I've actually realized um, that dealing with eviction uh, and, you know, not sir, dealing indirectly with eviction, letting the property manager, someone else deal with it. It's actually a good thing, right? So the property manager has to deal with it. I am distant from that situation. I don't have to deal with that. Good. So that was the kind of, that was one of the, the, those times that I actually appreciated my property manager for handling this uh, issue altogether. Now, um, then they dealt with it and evicted her and that was, uh, you know, rather smoothly. Um, the best way to avoid evictions is actually to buy correctly. Again, easily said, usually not necessarily done that way. What, is, what, is, what do I mean by buying correctly? A lot of people just go out and buy without taking into consideration those aspects. For example, we like to buy in states around the U.S. that the laws are favoring the landlord and not the tenant. What does that mean? It means the laws or the attitude is for people... You know, uh, you know, if if eviction gets to the court, usually the owner has the upper hand and not the tenant. Some states, the tenant have the upper hand; they're more sympathetic to the tenant, and some states they're more sympathetic to the owner. Right? Very, very important. How important? Well, let me give you two examples. If you're in California, there's a very good chance, a tenant sympathetic state. There's a very good chance that your eviction process, if you got to that point will take a long period of time, maybe two, three, four months, may, can be dragged even more, and will cost you quite a lot. It's an expensive process relatively in California. If you're in Oklahoma City, right, that can take about 10 days and will cost you 250 bucks, maybe not even that, right? Big difference, right? By the way, usually when you have a tenant in a house and they're in the eviction process and they're there for four months, guess what's not happening? You're not collecting rent and you still have all the expenses, right? So it's a very unpleasant situation, obviously. So that's right there. Just going to the right state makes a big difference, right? Usually the southern states or what I like to call the red states are more favorable or sympathetic to owners. Very important. Now, let me tell you one other thing that I 
realized a few years ago. Those states that I keep mentioning, the red states, right? Remember that it's not just they are sympathetic to the owners. The setting is sympathetic to the owner. So the tenants know that in these states, the, you know, the laws are favoring the landlord and not the tenant. So right there, it sets the tone for a tenant not to be in that situation to begin with. So a tenant that knows he, he's, uh, you know, he will have a better chances dealing with, with the courts, with the owner in an eviction process, will be more inclined to have, you know, to give us problems. A tenant that knows he's probably not going to have uh, the upper hand, like the red states, the southern states, will probably want to avoid it to begin with. So right there, it's very, very important how to avoid, go to the right state. Second thing is do a proper qualification or verification of a tenant before they come in, right? Um, what that means is, you know, the background check and the history, rental history and all of that's very, very important to kind of eliminate potential problems, okay? Uh, again, easy said, not a lot of pe people do that. No wonder you end up with, uh, uh, with uh, um, you know, with, with evictions, right? By the way, if you buy certain type of properties, again, there's a higher chances that's going to happen. For example, I can tell you that from my experience, that when I owned or owned properties that are on the lower end, the cheaper ones that are attracting, you know, people with lower income, there are more evictions happening altogether, more issues with uh, tenants' defaults and evictions to begin with. Most of the properties that I've owned and my investors owned over the years with a you know, middle, middle, you know, upper middle class, middle, middle class, lower middle class type of neighborhoods and areas, houses and are attracting more financially stable tenants that can afford to pay and pay on time and actually want to avoid problems to begin with. Right. Again, those are tweaks, but look how important they are. The state, the verification, the type of properties, it all leads to that, you know, to that situation that you have to, uh, you know, you can, uh, you know, avoid, right? Uh, to increase the chances of that's not happening. So keep that in mind. Um, you know, when you're going to the lower end, the cheaper properties, expect that to happen, right? So be more um, skeptic about the numbers because when someone tells you the house rents for, you know, it's a $60,000 home and it rents for $850 a month, Plan for a higher turnover of tenants and longer vacancies and issues, right? So in reality, the rent may only be uh, effectively, you know, $500, which is still not bad, but just be ready for that, okay? That's from, from, from my own experience, unfortunately. By the way, I have two of those properties right now for sale that are cheaper ones. I thought I'm done with those. So much issues, so much noise, so much problems. Thank you. I want quiet. I don't want that noise in my life, right? So I'm getting rid of them. Actually, two minutes before we started this uh, uh, this uh, uh, session, I got off the phone with my agent about you know one of the buyers of one of those properties. Um, now, let's say you've done everything properly or not, and you still ended up with an eviction. Well, it's not that you end up with an eviction. You actually ended up with a tenant default, right? The tenant is not paying. Now, here's what I typically see people are doing incorrectly. See, a lot of people are, even property manager, are human about it. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying we being human about it, we give the tenant some grace, grace period, another grace period, another grace period. We're going to, well, anyway, we have to give them a few days, you know, grace period, usually by state law until they can pay. 
and usually five, six days, and then it takes a few days to find out they're not actually going to pay. Usually the tenants will, will drag us along tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. They probably mean that they're not just saying that. And before you know it, if you're not on the top of it, 20 days, 30 days have gone by, right? Maybe 20, 20 something days, and you have not seen a dime of that rent. Not only that, there's a proper procedure or process in every state about eviction. Usually you have to place a note on the door and sometimes a second note, a first notice, and sometimes a second notice. And the first notice can only be on a weekday, not holiday, not weekend. And the second notice have to be waited three days, five days. It can't be on the weekend. There's a lot of, every state is different. See, but right there, just to get to the point that you can file an eviction in the, you know, in an eviction court with the property can easily take 10 days, right? Just, just 10 days right there to get the process, maybe a week to get the process started. And if you waste your time just trying to figure out what's going on, then before you know it, a full month is over. Many property managers are also not doing that properly. They don't understand it's that their responsibility and your responsibility if you're direct managing that house to deal with it, right? And make sure you're on the, on the schedule because if there's a, there's a contract that says, five days grace period and by the sixth day you gotta place the the notice and you didn't you're actually not holding the uh, you know the contract as the way as it should be so make sure either you deal with it or the property manager deals with it for you sometimes if you are the direct owner you're not working with a property manager there are a lot of companies services out there that will do it for you for a fee sometimes it's an attorney company sometimes it's a company that just does all the aspects of uh, of evictions you got to pay a fee, they take care of it, the fees varies, you know, from state to state, company to company, but those options are out there. My suggestion for you, avoid it if you can, right? By everything I said about the location and the house and, the, you know, the type, the, the type of house and states. And then if you got to that point, move quickly, okay? Try to look at it as a business transaction with someone's breaching contract and not, you know, don't try to be or try to not to be, you know, too humanly about it. I have been, um, um, I have been, uh, um, um, okay about it, nice about it. I had tenants in Orlando, Florida that came to me around the holidays more than 10 years ago. I was a rookie, so to speak, uh, you know, with the evictions, uh, at least maybe around 2005 or six. And they said, listen, it's the holidays. We, are, we, we had a bad run. You know, please give us two months. We're going to be, you know, eh. and you know what? I agreed. It's, I, I managed that property and I agreed. And we agreed that in January they're going to pay. And guess what happened? Came uh, January 1st. By that time, I lost two to three months of rent. Um, they just packed their bags and moved out. You know, they actually painted the unit and moved out and that's okay. Uh, and so that they taught me, you have to be a little bit tough when it comes to that. I don't want to be tough, but you know, my tenants taught me well, let's just put it this way. And I had a guy in Tampa that was, uh, you know, also I self-managed that and he played some games, you know, like uh, power games with me. And he didn't want to uh, pay the rent and he didn't want to do this. And he thought that because I'm a remote investor, I'm not going to do anything about it. Well, guess what? I spoke with him. We actually, you know, spoke about it a few times and he always kept, you know, dragging me along and saying tomorrow, etc. I said, listen, here's what's going to happen. I told him up front, if the check, you know, the rent is not here by that date, 
I'm filing. And if you're not, you know, complying, I'm going to go all the way through the process. And I did. And I did. I didn't want to, but he just, he thought, you know, he, he actually made some threats. I know I'm a private investigator. I know where you live. I said, okay, you do whatever you want. Um, and, uh, you know, vacant threats, of course. Um, and then I filed, you know, I had a third company that go and place the notice and filed the paperwork and took pictures and did everything, you know, according, you know, by the book. And we, he wasn't at the court date and we, you know, I got a, you know, I got an eviction and I got a call from the, um, from the, um, I got a call from the sheriff to coordinate the time and we coordinate with the locksmith and we got to make sure because it's a gated community that the sheriff and the locksmith will be meet outside and drive in and do everything. And we did. The only thing I did was gracefully or humanly about it. I was supposed to kick to move all his belongings from, from the unit. He was on the road to the sidewalk. That's what I was supposed to do. Everything out to the sidewalk, right? And you know what happens when you send things to the sidewalk? But I felt that if I'm going to do this, I'm going to really hurt him uh, badly. And I just thought that's not a good thing to do. So I went the process. He actually called me a few after the lock and the sheriff were there. And he said, listen, I understand the sheriff was here. I said, yes, exactly. And I said, listen, your stuff is in the unit. In three days, it's going to the sidewalk. You decide what you want to do. Oh, don't, don't. You know, I will, I will. And we agreed on, we renegotiated the terms. He paid all his dues, increased, you know, paid all my expenses, increased his, um, uh, you know, security deposit. And I sent him a key and he went back and he actually rented and no more issues after that. So at that point, I had no more issues with this guy because he, he knew I wasn't playing around, right? So that's, uh, those are the things that you want to understand. When you're doing, getting to this point, the most important thing, if I have to tell you in a, in, a, in a short summary what to do about evictions is this. If you're doing it by yourself, don't waste valuable time. Do whatever the contract, the law allows you to do. You can actually start the eviction process and while having a communication, open communication channel with the tenant and say, listen, I have to start. But if you come up and pay everything, by that date, I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to do anything about it. You know, I'm just going to pause it or you'll, you'll owe me some fees, right? Um, and we're good to go. Uh, but I'm not going to wait two weeks only to find out you can't pay. I'm losing those two weeks. I'm never going to recoup, right? So if you're doing it by yourself, and by the way, if you're doing it with the property manager, you got to make sure the property manager is not wasting valuable time trying to figure out what's going on, right? So to speak. So do that. Make sure you're not losing valuable time while keeping opening in communication lines uh, or channels with the tenant, if it makes sense. Um, and if you have to, think about it this way. When a tenant is not paying you, it's actually affecting your ability to pay the mortgage. So someone is actually living in your house for free and you are still obligated to the mortgage, still obligated to the expenses, right? So make, make sure you remember that. Evictions are not fun. Eviction can be cannot be eliminated if you want to be a, you know, a, a real estate investor, but they can definitely be uh, reduced or the chances of having them you know, exist in your life as an investor being reduced just by following our formula of investing, which is you know, good areas, good states, good type of properties, avoiding the, the, you know, 
you know, kind of avoiding the, the, you know, the problematic ones to begin with, right? Some investors are so attracted to the cheap cash flow, you know, cash cow, which I talked about it last week. They don't see the big picture of, oh my God, what kind of a set of, of issues and problems it brings with it, which I have been experiencing myself. Um, so, you know, not interested. I want peace and quiet. I want to be able to buy and hold and have minimal issues or, or as little issues as possible, noise, I call it, from ownership. With that said, I am done with what I wanted to say about the evictions. Uh, if you have any questions, by all means, please post them and we'll uh, take them one by one. That's the whole purpose of this session. Uh, if you're watching the recording, um, then you're still, uh, feel free to um, submit questions after, I know, on the recording, not on the live. That's not a problem. If you want to speak with us in more in an intimate way, please contact us. You can do it through our website, simplydoit.net. You can send an email directly to us at meet, M-E-E-T, at simplydoit.net. Meet like meeting, but just meet. Uh, it's simplydoit.net, uh, and we will uh, be happy to speak with you. We work with investors all the time, buying rental properties. Actually, once we're done with this one, we are sending a package, or not a package, uh, uh, four properties in Houston that are really good deal, off market, below market, ca strong cash flow, uh, very hard to find such properties, super hard to find such properties in Houston these days. So hopefully... Um, um, you know, um, we're already uh, sending them out to uh, to our uh, hot investors that are ready for uh, ready for them. Uh, but we have other markets as well. Um, last thing before we take questions, like I said earlier, you can look up at the uh, at the at the um, previous comments. But we have a, a series of webinars coming up starting next week. About every two weeks, we have a webinar, um, different topics, different aspects of real estate. This is not a Facebook Live, it's a different platform session. Uh, you're most welcome to, to join us, to learn, to get educated, to execute. That's all about the execution. That's it, I'm done here. I'm gonna wait for uh, two more minutes, not two more, maybe one more minute, see if questions are coming up uh, before I will let you go for the long weekend. What are your plans for the weekend? We can have a small, you know, a small talk. What are your plans for the weekend? I can tell you that I'm uh, scheduled to go uh, camping again this weekend. Uh, so hopefully, uh, you know, uh, you know, weather will permit. I'm looking forward to it with my little boy. Okay, you guys. I see no questions coming up. That's okay. Um, you can uh, ask them later. Uh, Nir, I'm very uh, surprised that you didn't ask any question. Uh, you usually do. That's fine. I want to thank you for taking the time and spending it with me here this morning, this afternoon, this evening. And I'm looking forward to seeing you either in the webinar next week, the session afterwards uh, in a week from now, or in any other online, offline format. Have a great long weekend. See you soon. Bye-bye.